The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Oh, I feel a bit sick. I ate so much so fast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. It's really dangerous. Hello, everybody. If you just caught that earlier audio, we are sampling many delicious treats from across the globe today because mm. I am joined... By Michelle Eckhart and Leonie Hayden, back from the corners of the earth uh, to talk about the past month and women, which they have experienced from different places. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. I've had a lot of chocolate. <laughs> it's good chocolate. This is from Japan. I like the strawberry jelly. It's Oops. really, really good. I'm yep. trying to get a cross section here. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, hello. We are a monthly podcast. What do we do? We talk about whatever's been happening in the news, in the world, to us, yep. more uh, often than not. To women, by women, <laughs> for, for women. For <laughs> about women. And we'll never do anything like that again. Um, <laughs> thank you to Bond Tampons who make this, sorry, Bond Lifestyle. Rebrand. Ah. Rebrand. Cool. Bond Lifestyle. They're expanding the empire. <gasps> A lifestyle. I oh, like it. It's a lifestyle I want. I know. Um, who made this possible? Uh, to start off with, where have you been? Where have you been? Michelle has to start. I've got a mouthful of chocolate. Okay. I, went, okay. <laughs> I should have brought food from New Orleans. I should have brought a boat full of crawfish. We were in oh. New Orleans for crawfish. And I'd never had some before because they're very seasonal. So crawfish are like tiny little baby lobsters. Yes. And uh, you buy them by the pound. And the first time we ordered them, we said we'd like a pound of, of crawfish. And he said, no, you don't. You want two and a half pounds. <laughs> and so we did. And he was correct. And, yeah, so I ate uh, a lot of really good food and went to the New Orleans Jazz Festival. I went to Memphis and <gasps> fell in love with, um, what's his name? Elvis Presley, as a human, not as a musician. And uh, went to Chicago. <laughs> I'm going backwards. And, uh, and also went to Disneyland. And I ate everything I could get my little tiny hands on and drank everything I could stuff in my face hole. (laughs) Absinthe. I'm a big fan of absinthe. Oh, yeah. Wow. You can find little cute absinthe houses in various places, like upstairs in a cute little bar in uh, Memphis on Beale Street. Oh, my God. And uh, and also there's one that we have known for a long time in New Orleans by Jackson Square, and they do the whole, you know, sugar cube, set it on fire. Sometimes you can have it in champagne. It's called 
death in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone deep. Yeah, it's good. It's it's real good. It's right by the Faulkner Bookhouse where um, William Faulkner lived and drank with Ernest Hemingway, who Mm. named the cocktail Death in the Afternoon. So you you can't say no to those really literary historical experiences. Mm. So you smashed some absinthe. Smashed it hard. You wrote a great American novel. Yeah, wrote, yeah. And you ate a buttload of crawfish. A whole boatload of crawfish. so good. And it's a f- like at the jazz festival where Stevie Wonder played and cried. He had to, he had to stop the gig to cry because he was talking about the uh, current president of the United oh, States, man. who he won't name. He won't use his name. He refers to him as forty-five, and he cried because he said that his whole lifetime of work is being threatened by forty-five. And yeah, stopped the show and made us all chant the worst chant in the whole world, <laughs> oh, no. which was twenty thousand people. Chant, ch- trying to chant, racism is not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's really oh, hard. Oh no! So there's twenty thousand people, and me and Jeremy, and me with my Kiwi accent, going, "Racism is not acceptable. Racism is not acceptable." It was great. It's not acceptable to laugh at that either. But no. here we are. Yeah, here we are. But that is an awkward chant. It was. Mm. He didn't. I don't think he thought that one through. Spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bless him. Yeah. What about you, Leonie? You've been in Japan? I've been in Japan. It was my first trip there. And now I get, when people say, have you been before? If I go again, I get to say yes instead of no and then avoid <laughs> that thing that people do when you haven't been to Japan where they go, oh my God, I'm going to much. <laughs> Which I get why people do that, but it got really tiring. And so now I've done it and no one will say that to me ever again. But now you get to say it. Now, I, yeah, now I get to pass the jerkiness on. It's not jerky, but I just <laughs> I just heard it so many times. It was just like, there's this magical world out there and I can't believe you've never been. And now I've been to the magical kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> and it is pretty damn magical. It's just culture shock, you know. It's it's the, the place that I've been that's the most different from where I live. Mm, mm. How so? I guess, I mean... The actual, the physical landscape, I mean, I don't mean the land itself, but just sort of how it was built. I mean, I went to Kyoto and I went to uh, Tokyo, so I can't really speak for the rest of the country, obviously. And I was only away for two weeks. I was only there for two weeks. But in both of those cities, just use of space is so different from how we live our lives here. Mm. They're very comfortable being in narrow places and sort of living on top of each other and making use of the space and not... Um, getting in each other's face while they do it, which I found really fascinating. And, like, the only times I ever saw people get really annoyed by having their space invaded were American tourists. Right. I saw an American (laughs) tourist in each of those cities yell at a Japanese person because they got too close to them. (gasps) And I was like, okay, like, note to self, this is a different country and things are done differently here. You know, you can't just sort of project your cultural values onto someone else's because, Mm. you know, space is at a premium in countries that have really high dense populations and you can't just be like, get away from me. Yeah. Also yelling. Yelling in Japan. No, it just was so distasteful. Like you just hear that high pitched raised voice and you're like, that has no place Mm. here. It's Mm. also like going around to someone's house and complaining how they've arranged the furniture. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's their place. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I just sort of, like, the food was all um, really amazing. I went to Malaysia first, and I really liked uh, 
how much fresh fruit they consume, which sounds really weird, but instead of like, <laughs> basically instead of um, news agents where you'd buy chips for a train ride, they just had fresh fruit stands everywhere. Oh. Like that's what was there instead of a dairy. Yeah. Everywhere you went. And I thought that was really amazing. So it must be weird because there's no fruit in New Orleans. It must just all be in Malaysia. Yeah. It must be well, so works. So I ate yeah. approximately <laughs> half balance. of all the fruit in Malaysia Good. because I was just in papaya heaven. <laughs> like breakfast, I had it in smoothie form and a big bowl of it <laughs> and as snacks whilst wandering around. It was great. You just buy a big piece of papaya in a bag and you just chew on it like it's a chocolate bar. It was amazing. Yeah. So you ate all the papaya. Michelle drank all the things. All the absinthe and the Bloody Marys, which is soup, which is a stew. A Bloody Mary is a perfectly acceptable acceptable, uh, breakfast uh, item because it's Mm -hmm. full of okra and olives and celery and beans. Did you get one of those mental ones with like a whole hamburger and a half roast chicken on it? No, no, I missed out on that. <laughs> wow, that's not fair. But I did, you know, just, I love it when I like really weird food that you wouldn't, I, you, where you just go, how did they think of that? <laughs> I'm having a crab claw stuffed with shrimp. Now, who mm. was faced with a crab claw and went, yes. you know what this needs? It needs me to All stick things. a, yeah. I need to shove a shrimp <laughs> in it. Like a turducken. Yeah. And beignets, which are kind of like donuts, but and you can have them. Oh, yeah. I discovered beignet stuffed with praline. And so the (gasps) praline is, um, which is sort of fudgy stuff with nuts in it usually, is hot. So you bite into the beignet and there's all this molten fudge in the middle of it. Or you can have it with oysters. What? I've got a hard on right <laughs> so now. So many things. Yep. I've got such a food so boner. You can have anything you want. That's the feeling that you get. Pass me another Tim Tam. <laughs> you name it. We can make that. Um, well, this is great to hear. I have just been here. You know, holding down the fort. But it's been okay. It's Somebody been okay. had to keep Someone the had to on. stay, you know. Yeah. yeah. Someone's just got to keep What did we miss? Taking a, oh. Oh, jo- I looked at Jose. Jose's been in bloody new, eh? No one has been It was just country. you, wasn't it? Literally just me here. I don't know. It rained a bit. I got sick. Oh. Uh, John Key got a knighthood. You guys oh, were probably yeah. back yeah. for that. I, I saw that. That's amazing. So oh. I, want, I wanted to catch on that his, his lovely and supportive partner, wife, is, go, is now going to be called Lady Bro. Isn't that Kiwi? How Kiwi is Lady that? Bro. I also said on another podcast this morning, The Real Pod, I was like, oh, so now John Key's got a Lady Broner. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a million years to realise why that was funny. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's good that, like, no matter what status he gets to, there's still going to be banter. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's Lady Bro. <laughs> um, he's not above it. He's not above it. He's not above it. it. But um, I wanted to ask before we move on to what's been going on here, do you have any wisdom to bring back from your travels? Any cool travel tips or any just like, you know, when you go away for a bit, you come back and you see things differently. You see things differently and you bring back different kinds of Kit Kats. You just have to say yes to everything, I think. Like just if it looks really bizarre and you can't fathom how that was thought of, then buy one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh pretty yeah, much. I second that. It's pretty good and I, and, and if you get lost, my favourite thing to do is uh, whenever you get to a new place, say to the bar staff, because obviously you're in a bar, because you're a Kiwi, <laughs> and you say to them, where do you go on your day off? And they go, and you go there. Yeah, that exact conversation resulted in my favourite meal that we had in Japan 
we went to a cocktail bar and then we asked where we should have dinner and he said well this is where we go for dinner when we get off work you should mm. go there and he even rang ahead to oh. let them know that there was some gaijin coming to maybe go easy on us they didn't there wasn't oh, really? <laughs> any english really on the menu and they didn't sort of point anything else that might point anything out that we might be more accustomed to but i actually really appreciated that yeah we pointed at some stuff and most of it was incredible. There was a couple of things I still don't really know what I ate, but I'm really glad that I tried it. Yeah. So if somebody says to you, have you ever eaten dolphin? You can't really say for <laughs> sure. Well, it was a sashimi of some sort, so I, I couldn't tell you. It also had a, <laughs> a layer of slime on top Ooh. and then a raw egg on top of that. Mm. But I don't regret eating it. No. And mm. I don't regret going there. But yeah, no, so I absolutely agree with that. Like, ask, go somewhere where locals go. Yeah, I reckon all my my favourite meals sort of resulted in that. Like the places in Japan seem to be the ones where they don't. My, my friend who I was travelling with put it like one of the things she really loved about Japan is they don't need you, like as a mm. tourist. Like mm. they're just like I, I find everyone. I found everyone perfectly polite, but no one went out of their way to sort of be like super friendly and welcoming. And I kind of I'm into that. They just leave you to yeah. leave you to it, mm. and also kind of a little bit just want to be left to it as yeah. well. Like they don't bend over backwards and they're not sort of sycophantic they don't mm. need you and yeah. I actually think that's really freaking cool it it's is like, isn't it because then you, you know, feel like the western you're... world is not the center of the world <laughs> there <laughs> are countries that you know function perfectly well without you know English and white people's opinions and yeah I and just you really get a proper look that. at how they live talk interact yeah. carry themselves Blah. Yeah. Mm. This is what a, an uncolonized country that has been left to its own devices for many centuries looks like. Yeah. It's really doing pretty good, it. right? Yeah, they're doing quite well for themselves. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a cool tip, but maybe I'll talk about it later because it's not really about travel. <laughs> and I just want to go somewhere. Oh. I just want to go somewhere. Go somewhere hot near the end of winter. Yeah. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Goodbye, July. Yeah. yeah. Um, where I want to go is a place that I can't pronounce. It's the island in Wonder Woman. <gasps> I can't pronounce it either. I'm so pleased you can't. Jose, I mean, can you pronounce same. it? Thermacidus. Thermacidus. Where the Amazonians live. Where the Amazonians live and everyone is strong and rides horses and there are no men. And they've got wrinkles and bits of grey hair and they kick ass like you would not believe. Non-stop. And Robin Wright's there. <gasps> I'm so in love with her. My God, is oh. Robin Wright there. Oh, I just got a little flash of, <laughs> oh. <laughs> of excitement and, and lady thrill. <laughs> there was, it, this is the one of the first times that m- one of my favourite... Scenes in a movie is right at the start. I just yeah. love the vision of that world full of women being amazing and strong and looking their age and, you know, like, um, so Wonder Woman's mother is actually old enough to be her mother. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, was it just a couple of years older than her at school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like put some... Uh, a talcum powder in oh, her hair I'm kind of thing. Oh, I out because I haven't seen it yet because it was, I've been away. Stupid Japan. Well, you got to see it. Well, this is what I think. I posted on our Facebook page when the, the Alamo Draft House was having all this controversy because they were having woman-only screenings of Wonder Woman. Should we do this? 
and I feel like there was a really positive response. And maybe we should do it. I don't know. The do three th- of us go do that and yeah, take all our friends make that from happen Facebook. And t- take all our yeah. friends from Facebook. Okay. Seems easy. I'd right? Love to. Who wouldn't want that? I would Who love to. Because even though I've seen it, I did keep thinking <laughs> all the way through it. I would just love to be in a room full of women whooping and hollering yeah. and punching yeah. the air exactly. and screaming. Like there's spoiler alert, not really. There's a scene, like there is in every superhero movie where Wonder Woman climbs up over the top and storms across a field. I don't think I've ruined anything for you by saying that. No. And I wept (laughs) because I had never seen a superhero who represents Mm. a part of my spirit do that. And I turned to Jeremy, who's not a woman, and said to him, is this what it feels like to have a superhero? I didn't know. And he (gasps) smiled and went, yeah. Oh, man. You made me cry right now. It was amazing. I just, that scene is... <gasps> I know I was wearing my Wonder Woman cape, so I did a little nice. bit of wriggle in the You look so good. I was so jealous of that cape. <sighs> That's it's... how I felt the first time I saw Karate Kid 4. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Hillary Swank yeah. as the Karate Kid 4. When I was at the height of my obsession with doing karate, yeah. I did it, I don't know, for like six years. <laughs> well, and then I was like, holy shit, there's a girl oh karate kid. Oh, my God. When I got home after Wonder Woman, I freaked, I opened my laptop and I just I was pan like I was doing panic Googles because I was so like inspired. I just went all female fight class Auckland, <laughs> <laughs> and I did not yield many. Well, no, because I tried to look for that. Remember, mm. we got um, yes, yeah, somebody someone wanted had a request for that's it. right, and I was like, well, you know, it was a very specific class request for somewhere in Tauranga for a, a woman's teenage daughter. And I was like, anyone anywhere got any all-female fight classes? No. I did, it yielded no results. Mm. Well, Don Rowe at the spin-off knows how to fight. <laughs> so maybe we can start. <gasps> maybe we're going to have a whole day. See, oh, no, I'm getting too ahead of myself. <laughs> we can go to Waiheke. <laughs> this is where it starts. Oh, immediately I'm thinking vineyard. I'm in. Yeah. Vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> Clear all the men away from the vineyard. Get a little bit drunk. Then learn how to fight with That's Don Rowe. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Jump on the ferry, head back to Wonder Woman. Oh, oh it'd be so good. That's a good day out. I'll make some uh, calls. <laughs> I don't know who to to make that happen. <laughs> but um, if you guys are actually keen, it would have to just be in Auckland. I think um, it'd be better. But I think it could be really fun. Oh. I quite like to get a little bit drunk and yes. watch it. I really think that yes. would help the process a lot, and not like and watch it or learn self defence. Both. But mostly that sounds dangerous. It. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> so you can't be sensible. But yeah, the movie has like so many amazing lines of dialogue in it. I've, I left my notebook at home, but there was like one which is like, be wary of men, for they do not deserve you. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Just doing, like stuffing popcorn in my mouth, like, yes! <laughs> and there's like so many where it's like, the film's completely embraced what it represents, you know, and, and the pressure on it, and it really delivers like nods to the camera in that regard. But yeah. it also doesn't let that weigh it down. Like it's so fun and silly. It's like really funny. It is really like, funny. Chris and, Pine oh, and, uh, good to hear. and and this Gal great Gadot sense of so self-awareness and irony and yeah, it's it's uh, got a really lovely comic tone to it as well. Mm. But we should because we, you haven't seen it yet. But you would have seen the um, wow wow crybabies going. It's gonna be a Did they? Could you hear them in Japan? I could hear them. All the way. 
and they, in Japan. What I really like about them is that they don't quite understand equivalence. So, <laughs> so men were saying things like, so there's going to be a screening just for women. So I vote that... <laughs> Only men are allowed to see the next Star Wars movie for a week. It's like that's not. It's not yeah. the same. No, and also there are about? women in the Star Wars films. Yeah. Like, do, do you, you know the hero that? of the last two Star Wars films have been women? It was so. I mean, like, and then there was that great clapback from a woman who worked at Lucasfilm yes, who yes. was like, "Well, the women who work here will still see it before you, bro." Yeah, that was excellent. There was some amazing, there was a really good tweet that someone did. I've forgotten who it was. It was like, if you men are upset about a woman only Wonder Woman screening, remember that women were excluded from screenings of voting for about (laughs) 100 years. (laughs) Just so many. I really liked that it was kind of like, no one really let it. I feel like when there was a Ghostbusters backlash, it felt a bit more like... Yeah, but this yeah, one was just was like, mean. oh, yeah, yeah. you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is totally. so stupid. Oh, we were too busy being excited about about watching the movie to really be bothered. So Not bothered. Not bothered. And, you know, I don't know. I tried to point out to a couple of people here and there that a lot, lots of movies have um, mother and baby screenings so that women mm. can breastfeed. You know, they're at 9 o'clock in the morning and they're for mothers, nursing mothers only. And nobody goes, why can't I go and see him? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I reckon someone, some dude That's somewhere really probably weird. has. Yeah, probably. So like, right. I need to see Boss Baby at 9am on a Sunday. How dare you? <laughs> girl, I've, I've let the cat out of that particular bag. Damn. Um, I... Can't believe there was that guy who was like, "Well, I've bought a ticket anyway," and like posted his online yeah, purchase. I was like, "What are you trying to achieve?" And also, good luck showing up to that screening. Yeah. Like- well, that's the other thing. How much was he? This is the guy who refers to he wouldn't call it Wonder Woman. He calls it the Chris Pine superhero movie because that's how much of a douchebag he is. Like, can you imagine what it would be like to be the one dude in a room yeah. full of women just? Just We're all having a wonderful time. Shrieking and hollering and applauding. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, that's probably the best thing that guy could have done because then he would have been sat there in the middle of it and maybe actually got maybe actually got it. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Probably weird. Yeah, I mean, I legally, I don't think the person <laughs> taking the tickets would be allowed to say you're not allowed in. So they, no, they would have had to let them in. Private function with funds to oh, plan parenthood. So true. possibly, mm. but sure. I mean, good on him for giving his hard-earned money to plan parenthood. <laughs> true. Whether he liked <laughs> it or not. <laughs> Still where it went. <laughs> um, there's also been some interesting stuff happening in the reviewing of the film and also people how people talk about the director because they're like how amazing to take a gamble on like a, 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 a first time blockbuster woman director who's only ever done indie film everyone's like Taika Waititi you yeah. fucking idiot like literally everyone yeah. in the in the Marvel and DC universe that's what they do because this is what I read in an article once anyway Christopher Nolan came along and made the Batman franchise so stylistically his mm. that Marvel and DC both went, actually, we can't do this. We can't have directors changing the style of our movie every time we get a new director. So that's what they do. They get brand new directors so that they can keep things in their universes in the style that audiences have become accustomed to. And so you don't have a superstar director putting their stamp all over it. Like That's Mm. how it's done in Hollywood. You don't... Mm. They don't do yeah. star directors for those franchises anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's like it should be like amazing. It's news when it's a woman. It's news when it's a woman. I haven't done it for years. I read a really great review by Louise Bovink, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember the other woman's name, but one of the points that they both made was that they felt that you could tell it was a female director because it wasn't, the shots weren't subject to the male gaze. Mm. So that the, the camera was focused on the muscles or the weapon or the action. There weren't gratuitous boob crotch shots yeah. going totally. on. A, the way oh a God, woman so would true. look at at her yeah and if you compare that to something like Suicide Squad <laughs> oh my god where it was Which like inside to watch Margot Robbie's butt the yeah. entire time it actually was like a colonoscopy I didn't finish watching that film not just for that reason but because it was just qu- quite terrible from it was such top a to bad bottom movie. but um yeah no it was a lot of just mm. here's her ass again here it is here it here's is here's another dainty <laughs> little piece of cloth barely covering yeah, yeah. I went. I went back to actually read some stuff about Suicide Squad after Wonder Woman, and they also like they photoshopped her um, short smaller for all the like promos and stuff and all the ads. And Margot <gasps> Robbie even pointed out she's like, my they were not that little. Wow. Like, they're like more ass cheeks. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but there was one reviewer. <clears throat> who reviewed the film for Vulture and the people have pulled out all these quotes. His name was David Edelstein. Um, he described uh, Gal Gadot as somehow the perfect blend of super babe in the woods, innocence and mouthiness. And oh also, my and, God. Oops, there's just so many like gross, you can just it's feel the It's the Vanity Fair slime. guy all over it's again. The, it's the exact breed of like... Oh. Oh. Men who just don't know how to write about women like they're actual real humans. Yeah. Super babe in the woods. I don't Super even babe know in the woods, what innocence. That, yeah. <laughs> and mouthiness. Oh, it's no. just like, oh. oh. <laughs> and it was like, she's, like a, she's a treat. mouthy people, but he somehow makes it seem dirty. Like yeah. Mouthiness oh. is a great quality until he says it. Um, and then just like complete aside, he's like, Israeli women are a breed unto themselves, which I say with both admiration and trepidation. Close That's bracket. not actually true. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's a, uh, I, I'm not even going to go there. It's, I wonder yeah. how many Israeli women he knows. Exactly. Based that, that observation Israel is on. such a melting pot of so many different cultures yeah. and ethnic <clears throat> background. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to play. <laughs> she looks she looks fabulous in her suffragette outfit with little specks, but it's not until she's I know, that sounds disgusting, like little specks. Little how diminishing. But it's not until she strips down to her superhero in bodice and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> pulls out her sword and leaps into the fray that she comes into her own. Well that I mean that is true, the sword is a big part of it. But um Except that she's dressed in <clears throat> bo- can I say bodice and shorts without some sticking up in my own mouth? <laughs> First, that's how we first see her. We first see her in her warrior clothes, and later on well, they she dress obviously her up in the loses streets. her mojo once mm. she covers it up again. Well, maybe in that first scene, he was just looking for the men in the background and was just really confused as to why he couldn't see any, so he didn't catch any of the details. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, <clears throat> great and exciting and relief, like a relief. But also, people on Twitter were like. True equality is when we can make a shitty woman superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the moment, I feel like if Wonder Woman had been really bad, it might it have been the make or break, and they would have gone, oh, we're not going to try it that had again. Yeah. Riding on it, didn't they? Yeah. So that, that, that's where the relief comes from. And, and they've greenlit number two already, which is, um, I'm excited. Hurrah. Yeah. It's yes, lovely. Please. It's lovely. 
Um, onto some Wonder Woman of our own oh. in the New Zealand comedy scene. Yeah. Um, hey. Congratulations to Angela Dravid, Rowan Matafeo, Melanie Bracewell, and Ruby Esther, who all women comedians who cleaned up the Billy, well, all the awards at the end of the all comedy the festival. Awards Billy the comedy T, Raw, Fred. Never happened I don't, before, I right? I don't usually like female comedians, <laughs> but um, crazy. I like all of them. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, were you around for the celebrations, Michelle, or were you? I were not. I was back in the country, but I was writers festivaling. Mm. So mm. yeah. So I feel like you yeah, know, talk about that as, as soon well. as I get out of the country, women win all the comedy awards. Yay! So I'll I'll uh, absent myself more often. But it is fantastic, and um, yeah, it has it's. It, it seems like a really short time that we've gone from no women to all women, but it's not a really short time. This has been, oh, it takes forever. <laughs> it just takes forever. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's fantastic. And that is exactly what I think the comedy scene is so, what's making it so vibrant at, at the moment is that there are so many diverse voices going on in it. And I'm sorry that I've just called women diverse voices. But, you mm. know, but as well as all of those awards being won by women, they're all really different. I mean, yeah. you yeah. can't get people more different than yeah. From, yeah. Like, between Mel and Angela, for example. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's just an amazing, I remember they did like a live cross on the project and it was just the four of them yeah. sitting there and it was just like queen sweep. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And this is so cool. And I love everything about this. Sweet, I love it. <laughs> and I hope this doesn't mean that for like the next 10 years, they're like, oh, remember we did the, we did the women thing. Oh, they had a tune yeah. in 2017. <laughs> yeah. They've had a go. I don't think so. There's so many women coming up. Can I just chuck in a plug then? Mm. For a, um, on Sunday, the 18th of June. Oh, yes. Uh, 10 uh, comedians plus me are doing a show called Feminists Are Funny at Q Theatre to raise money for the Auckland Women's Centre. And Yay, yeah, amazing. So, you know, Fan Brigade. brigade Who had their funding cut, so they need as yes. much help mm, as they can get. Mm. Yep, the government decided, no dollars for you. So we're giving a crack. So good. Cool. Ten, ten people. Yeah, I found ten women. I, I, I wanted sort of six, and um, and then every, and so I chucked, chucked the word out, anybody want to do it? And Ten women said, "Can I? Can I? Can I?" Aww. It's amazing. And one of them is coming up from Christchurch under her own steam. Her name's Rain Martin, and she just won. She was highly commended in the raw, uh, raw competition. Came uh, second or whatever to Ruby, uh, and uh, and Sarah Devsich, who's a hot babe, who is bringing herself up from Wellington, and we're going to give her special extra snacks backstage yes. to say thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, can we talk about the Writers Festival for a bit? Because yeah. I missed all of the good stuff. Michelle, you got on stage with Roxanne Gay. What happened there? Oh, I was so frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that I wanted to just lie on the floor and kiss the hem of her skirt. Yes, you did. I did pretty much do that. She had food poisoning, so she was really oh, late no. to, um, backstage. Mm. Uh, you know, so we were all standing there waiting. And she, so she came, she arrived at the last moment. And um, oh, so I didn't no. really get to chat to her except to say, I'm so excited to meet you and I'm trying not to be a fangirl, but look at me fangirling. And do you want to sit on the end so you can go to the bathroom if you need to? Um, <laughs> and uh, so with me and uh, Info Tutu Van Firth, uh, who everybody then says is Desmond Tutu's daughter, but she's actually a human in her own right mm. and quite amazing. And it was chaired by Susie Ferguson. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really amazing session. Mm. Fantastic sense of energy in the room. And when I was leaving afterwards, this young woman, maybe 18, who was an usher in the big room at the um, in the ASB theatre, 
came up to me and she was literally shaking and she had wet eyes and she said that it's the most exciting thing I've ever seen. I've never <gasps> seen women talk like that. Oh my God. Oh, it's making me cry. Oh no. <laughs> I love ideal, it. Ideal, ideal. Yeah. That's what we do it's things amazing. for, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I love it. Will there be a recording of that? Yeah, it was videoed. So yeah. uh, uh, usually within kind of a month of the end of the festival, everything ends up online. So oh, you can cool. see. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there were some weird awesome. lines of questioning in some ways, but I think everybody got to say stuff that they wanted to say. So Yeah, well, yeah. it was a big, what was the, the umbrella was woman and women power. Women and power, yeah. which is so vague. And I, it's my fault, really. A couple of times Susie Ferguson asked me questions, and on the inside I'm just panicking going, I have no idea what that question means. <laughs> and, and my way of dealing with that is to just start talking and see if I can make something up. <laughs> Whereas info would go, would be there'd be this long, serene, calm silence, oh, and then she'd say something wise. Yeah. And I'm just going, well, I don't know. I was reading a book, but and oh, it's just, at what know, yeah. just point do you learn how to think, stop and think when you're asked a difficult <clears throat> question instead of just. I'm going to start the lips running yeah. first and then we'll see where they end up. Because <laughs> that's going. also my approach. I have pretty much come to terms situation. with the idea that wouldn't ever happen for me. I'm just going to be the babbler. Fuck. If anyone knows out there, I think the reason, because I do it as well, but it's because I'm scared if I don't start talking that I'll forget the question, yeah. even though I've n- often already forgotten it. Yeah. Often. <laughs> no, I, I actually like go blank, like I black out. <laughs> Like the question just got done being asked and I'm like, You're well, like, I've oh. lost the last five seconds of my life completely. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's just, I'm just going to start saying something instead. This is very encouraging to hear. This podcast though <laughs> has helped me. I, I discovered recently, I did a, um, um, the, the Equalize My Vocals um, campaign that, oh, yeah. that um, Coco Solid has been running um, in conjunction with the spin-off and um, she organised some panels of speakers and um, I did one, it was a panel of speakers of um, women, trans, LGBT and, and non-binary sort of communi- music community mm-hmm. um, and we had this really great conversation but before we started Jess was like, you know, you're my journalist pal, I've not really done this very much so if you just want to step in and help me that would be really great. It's like, I don't know how to do that. And then well, when we got started, I, <laughs> to my shame, was like, and what do you think about this? Like, I was meant to be on the panel, but I was, like, asking just as many questions. But um, And it's the first time I really felt comfortable properly mm. doing that. And I realised it's because I do this with you guys once a month. Here we go. So I find it a lot easier to just go, bleh, 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 bleh. Go it's mad really with good. power. Yeah. And the way that's, Take over yeah. the stools and, like... <laughs> It was fine, apparently. It was fine. It was actually a really magical talk in the end. I sometimes think that those things can just be an exercise in um, complaining, I guess, because the whole point of that one was to talk about what the music industry is like mm. for for women and non-binary and trans uh, people who are in that community. And um, it was very empowering, and there was a lot of um, people talking about these are the things about music community that I actually think are really great so it wasn't just people saying Mm. it's not fair yeah and the music industry doesn't give us a chance because we're different but yeah it was really empowering Teddy Moana Rapley who's just been one of my idols for the longest time was just so freaking cool keywords for finding a link to this uh equalize my vocals okay um there was some really great uh, there's a really great piece about it on Radio New Zealand great 
um, who took an audio feed, and I believe the spin-off has maybe put up the audio from that We've somewhere. We've got so audio. Very soon. Oh, very soon, <laughs> very, very soon. soon. My apologies. And video. We've got that. video, right? Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Mm. yeah it's it all was, coming. I had a great time. It's all on Jose's shoulders. <laughs> He's doing fine, though. He's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's underworked, if anything. Got some more chocolate? Give him something. Give him a chum Yeah, have that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I always, just especially that, that woman in power and Roxanne Gay, did you see her on the mor- in the morning? Charlotte show? Graham, who yeah. interviewed her, did the most superb job. Oh, and awesome. That's awesome. Also She's really, so great. She's really awesome. And I think Roxanne does better when it's, um, when it's not a panel. Mm. I watched her on another panel session as well. Um, but really it was because Charlotte you know has read all of her work and really understands her and totally gets her Mm. and yeah so it was a beautiful relationship between the two of them on stage that was stunning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh shout out so we'll keep an eye out if we find those links we'll put them on the on the rag facebook page which i should have mentioned before now on the rag on facebook uh facebook.com slash on the rag and we have a hashtag Hashtag OTR pod. If there's anything you want us to talk about or anything you want to just like flag for us, it's always really useful because there's just so much stuff going on out there. Mm, mm. And oh, these two are swanning away overseas. And <laughs> just every I'd like to talk about my cool tip, which is something that I read in an article this morning, which really struck a chord with me because I thought it was something that not anyone else thought about. The article was on Jezebel and it was called Just Give It Seven Seconds and it was posted on Facebook by my friend Tess Nicholl. And it's basically, the whole article is just about, it's, it's particularly about when you've been out maybe for a few drinks and then you go home and you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my God, what did I say? I am so embarrassing. What did I say? <laughs> Everything I said was so weird. Why was I so loud? Why did I make that joke? And it was about that. It was like, you can think those things, but don't think about any of them for more than seven seconds because oh. it's not worth it. And it's like, it's quite a specific, it's not necessarily about drinking. It's just about, I'm constantly like, and it doesn't work as well when you're on a podcast regularly, constantly going, what did I just say? <laughs> that was recorded. That's out there for eternity. My children will hear that. Why did I make that joke? Um, just casual thoughts, you know? Um, but it just says, don't let it get to you. Just yeah. every yeah. little thing you have, think about it, and then go, nope, seven seconds is up. you got to let it go. Um, so I thought it was quite... I'll put and that that's really a, good because that's not telling you don't think about yeah. it. Which no. is like, everybody, please don't think about a pink elephant right now. I'm missing everybody thinking about a pink elephant. <laughs> yeah. But first, think about the pink elephant for seven seconds. Yeah. That's great. It's saying here's a coping mechanism rather than just don't do that thing, which you can't help but do because yeah. of the pink elephant thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, here's how to cope better with the, I can't believe I danced like that. Last I also night. find it really helpful, just in specifically the waking up in the morning going, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> is to picture everybody else who was out the night before mm. lying in bed thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and it's just like a really funny, um, the way this woman's written about it is just, she said, just simply by existing, we're all humiliating ourselves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just a really good, like, little well, reality puts check. Puts it in perspective. Just don't worry. And she's saying, she's like, look, if you're, you know, if obviously something tragic's happened to you or there's something massive happening, think about that. But it's just those little things, like, that happen in life, which she describes as a painful and excruciating misery, <laughs> made worse okay. by the fact we have a boundless capacity to put our feet into our own mouths. <laughs> So yeah, it's just a bit of a. I found it quite relieving. I was oh, like, I actually, think it's lovely. You know what? I probably lose a good couple of hours <laughs> at really? the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
just endlessly like what did I do Jose cut that out (laughs) 4am in the morning (laughs) said something dumb Um, but I will put that on our Facebook page because I find that quite useful Um, anyone else have any casual tips or are we all tipped out Um, casual tips I don't know I can't think of anything I've been no. playing a lot of uh, games on my phone. It's not really a tip, it's just fun. <laughs> oh. Plants vs. Zombies, I'm really enjoying it. Well, I guess it, that does make me think of a tip. Yeah. Um, when I was on the the terrible Air Asia, which even the extras are bad, it makes Jetstar look really good. Um, they they offer some kind of like in-flight entertainment, but literally no one came around on my 11-hour flight and offered <gasps> it to me. Luckily, just before we took off, um, my friend's 16-year-old daughter, who I was also traveling with, told me that you can download stuff from Netflix. I had no idea you could download stuff from Netflix and watch it offline. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So I downloaded the Netflix app, and then I (gasps) took a bunch of stuff offline, and I watched that on the plane instead. Amazing. What did you get? What did you download? Um, All of the rest of Riverdale. Oh, yeah. And... um, I'm going to be honest. Practical Magic, starring Sandra yes, Bullock and Nicole yes, Kidman. Yes, you do. Great. That's what that, it was made for a plane. <laughs> it was made for a plane. Yeah. Also, great film. Yep. Really yeah. good film. And Can I, I tell you what, what I, I watched on an in flight? I mean, on a flight, <laughs> I watched um, Manchester by the Sea. And oh. she, well, no, not don't do that on a plane. I saw no. it. So it's plane not running down my face. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I always just watch like the Kardashians and like the the most reality trash I can find. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the in-flight thing. I love a rom-com. Yeah, give me just yeah, my life. I have to have something super like neutral because I don't know what it is about planes, but they make people cry. Yeah, I cry. So I coming home on the wonderful Air New Zealand, I watched the Batman Lego movie, and I laughed like it was a good movie. An idiot, <laughs> it was really in funny. My seat. <laughs> Will Annette can honestly just do no wrong to me. And because Robin was played by Michael Cera, so all I could picture was like Job and, and George Michael from Arrested oh Development, God, right. but in the Batman universe. <laughs> oh, God, I lolled. Oh, I love it. Um, on that note, any other Watch Club recommendations? I would like to recommend The Handmaid's Tale, which <gasps> is coming to Lightbox, who do sponsor the spin-off. Um, so this is a little bit of a plug for our TV section. Um, it is coming to New Zealand legally, June the 8th. Right. All the episodes and then the finale is on June the 15th. But I have been lucky enough to see some preview episodes and it is fucking incredible Great. and horrible and intense but beautiful. I but studied bad. it at university. Wow. Um, it's a Margaret Atwood book, not the movie. You time traveling. In the TARDIS and out came an essay. Um, so I'm really interested to see because it was, you know, it had a huge impact on me yeah. as, a, as a young woman. Mm. So I'm excited about that. Cool. Elizabeth Moss is just incredible. She is great. She's a Scientologist, which I find kind of weird. That's, That's so weird. I so have weird. to forgive her for that. Art artist. Um, she was, um, she played the daughter in, am I right about this? In um, The West Wing. Uh, isn't that where her, isn't the, yes. Yes. that is Jose's where her naughty. career started. It's a, like a child. So yeah, yeah that's she's right. pretty she incredible. Mm. I'm watching, I've just finished watching the new series of House of Cards, oh, yeah. uh, continuing my Robin Wright yeah. passion. Yeah. Oh, she's so hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think I've enjoyed it. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's so, they're so filthy and horrible. And you, you can see them doing little uh, 
hat tips to, well, little nods towards the Trump administration, except now they seem in, I mean, they're so evil, but they're not stupid fucked up. Oh, sorry, I just can't <laughs> oh, say no. that word again. Beep. Sorry, they're not Fuck stupid heads. people. So, you know, they're um, clever and conniving and yeah. ridiculously brilliant at and yeah so it's very different from what is the evil that is actually going on in america mm, yeah anyway it was great it's great um my watch club would have to be the new sarah silverman comedy ah, special yes. that's on netflix i watched that um very jet lagged when i got home it's very funny so good she I is one of my favorite comedians because i i like how dirty she can be yeah um, but yeah, it's very good. Mm. It's quite a nice bit. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. She talks about how her and her partner, who is the British actor Michael Sheen, which is an unlikely but <gasps> delightful couple. Yeah. Oh my god. They've been together for a little while, and so she was talking about how. I, um, wait, stop! Sh- I yeah. need a minute. I have to uh, process that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, how we're oh she's talking about how whenever they are saying goodbye, one of them has to go away for work, or these elevator doors are closing between them the last thing one of them will say is i want to see other people <laughs> and that's just like so a, good. a thing that they do and then <laughs> she's talking about this um sort of life-threatening surgery that she had she got rushed into hospital this <laughs> throat thing and so she's sort of been wheeled off um to surgery and you know the doctor has already had this conversation with him and with serious woman's best friend to say like this is really precarious just gotta let you know she might not make it Sarah Silverman is also aware of this and her friend is filming the entire thing and she gets wheeled away and as the doors close she goes, I want to see other people. (laughs) Which could quite have literally been her last words. To her partner, but she did it anyway. And it's that's so great to commitment to the joke. The commitment so to the good. joke. Yeah, it's it's very funny. It's really it's a really good uh compared to I don't know if you watched Amy Schumer's leather special. Mm. Mm, I haven't. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No good. No. No. Okay. no. Sarah Silverman. It just like killed me. Mm. Oh, she's so gleeful as well. She she's is. Like, <laughs> she really is. Mm. And she sort of breaks the fourth wall a little. And that you know she does that sort of Stuart Lee thing where she sort of tri- backtracks and explains a joke. And I've I've not really seen her start doing that like mm. do that in her comedy the before. The deconstruction. The deconstruction, mm. which is actually very good at it. Uh, mm. Yeah. She doesn't take it too far. She doesn't belabor it. It just adds another level of holy shit. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Um, before we go. I want to talk about gendered McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't end any conversation without talking about that. Yeah. Um, so this recently kind of came back. I feel like this kind of comes around every now and again. People go, oh, holy shit, what? Wait, what's happening still? Um, so Imogen Louise yes. is the woman who posted this. And, and you actually saw the, the, did you see the post in action as it, as it happened? No, or? I went in, wow, how did I pick up on it? I don't know, remember how. So I went, but I went back. So it, maybe it had been happening for about 24 hours and I went back. She, Imogen, post, did a post on the McDonald's Facebook page because she was pissed off that when she took her kids, her daughter to McDonald's, she was asked if she wanted a girl toy or a boy toy, which is ridiculous because toys don't have genitals, yeah. generally speaking. And um, <laughs> so she just, and it was a perfectly pleasant post. So 3,000 comments later, of people going, Wah! 
can't get a life, you hopeless mother. What are you feeding the McDonald's for? Why is this important? First world problems. You know, mm. we live in the first world, so our problems are relevant. <laughs> um, and but it was just so nasty. It was mm. really, and I don't read comments, so I was I was with my mouth open, and then I got I found it really upsetting. So yeah, but she has since then. Um, got fantastic feedback from people as well and it has really opened up that discussion I'm just so stunned at people who take their time to tell you that you wasted your time (laughs) with your post Mm. it's like why yeah (laughs) why did you stay there why didn't you go and do whatever fabulous fucking thing it is that you do with your life so yeah or when people write a comment that's longer than the post <laughs> yeah about how much you wasted their time yeah it's just like yeah <laughs> yeah give me a thesis <laughs> um yeah it's there's so many comments it's really crazy i just thought and did mcdonald's i think they replied or, or maybe this was something they already had in the work saying that they're gonna look at putting books into happy meals yeah, that's not going to fly. That's going to be like the <laughs> fruit instead of the chips. Kids love books. But I mean, they're always like part of a, a movie or a cartoon or a television mm. franchise, right? Yeah. So mm. why can't your employees just say, you know, would you like the Ben 10 toy or would you like the Polly Pocket toy? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's not hard. It's really not that hard. And it's Or just like hold up the two toys and just go, which one do you want? It's, it's not only <laughs> really not hard, it's also not offensive and mm. and uh illogical yeah exactly you know emma jean's daughter really likes trucks so does my granddaughter she yeah. would be more interested in something with wheels that moves than a my little pony yeah yeah that's it it's a moving thing and i don't know what mcdonald's happy meal toys are like these days i don't know what you get probably like no. a fidget spinner or some kind of <laughs> ipad uh, i hate to say i'm now the owner of a fidget are spinner. you i'm sorry i don't even know what it is I, I see signs saying fidget spinners back in Where stock is what it? Are they? why don't you have it i haven't got it with me <laughs> it's not even my fault my friend who i was eating with in malaysia a, you know a street hawker came around and went do you want to buy one of these things and i was like no we're fine thank you and she was like what is it and then engaged him <laughs> like, what are you doing and Tell then so she so. bought it and then she just put it on the table in front of her and i was like well what are you gonna do with it she's like i don't want it and so i picked it up and then i went oh god i get it like the second it touched my fingers I just, it, really? I, it's a tattoo machine, and if you like to tattoo with things, it's just there. And I, I was like, ah, get rid of it. And then I just kept going back to it. Wow. And I kept pulling so it out. So you just, you hold it and you spin it. And you then spin it, and then it just spins, and it's really fascinating to watch. Mm. And then if you're good, you can make it spin on other things. I haven't figured out how to do that. I can spin it on one finger. <laughs> I haven't managed to spin it on someone else yet. Oh. I'm so sorry. Dream I'm sorry, big. everybody. Next feel, pod, you're going to have to spin down my your family. fidget spinner. I've let down my iwi. <laughs> I just want to apologise to everyone. I can't wait till you release like a little <laughs> filmed on like a camera phone. <laughs> Leonie's cool fidget spinner tricks. <laughs> like throwing it all around. start modifying it. <laughs> just you wait. This is really wonderful. Um, put fidget spinners on all the Happy Meals then. Maybe that's a solution. Just do it, I don't yeah. know. We don't need to fix everything. See my education. No, it's that, not education. That seems like it would fix it. And I Michelle, like I just you you wrote a beautiful status, um, following this this kind of torrent of hatred towards this woman, but also uh, the spin-off zone Emily Wrights has yeah. been shoveling shit for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. with anti-vaxxers and just generally. Why are they going to be so alive? mean? The anti-vaxxers. Yeah. I don't know. 
Like, and, it's, yeah. a, it's an ideological debate. It's a philosophical debate. Why have they got to be so blooming mean? Yeah, well, how, how, where, how, where do you come up with, and you're a terrible mother? Yeah, where, exactly. Just, I don't know. It's like, guess what? This, you being the cause of the spread of measles is also <laughs> a, an argument for you being a terrible mother. Yeah, so here yeah. we all are. Yeah, and I think what had really struck me was that one of the posts that I'd sent, that I'd shared, was from lovely my old mate Mike King saying... It's really important that we all tell our stories and reach out for help and make ourselves vulnerable and get support from the community. I'm paraphrasing. Um, And then you see people go, here's what I think about a thing. And people go, you should die. (laughs) I know we've got some really serious problems with Mm. the agencies that look after our mental health, but we're not doing a very good job for each other. Yeah, Mm. That's Mm. what bothers me. That that's the go-to argument for so many people involved in discussions online is I feel like that's just a really bad indictment on the human psyche today. Yeah, like that's that's the thing that people think of first is I disagree with you, you should die. Which leads me to my my what I've been reading. If I can just check that in really quickly because it's a and I posted it on my page, but I should post it on our page. It's just an essay by Rebecca Solnit who and it's called The Loneliness of Donald Trump, and it has a whole lot of fantastic stuff in it. But mm-hmm. one of those things is that. The opposite of somebody being a greasy sycophant to you is not somebody who tears you apart. You know, we're told to get out of our bubbles and talk to people who disagree with us and have a different worldview, which I find really tedious because I can't stand them. (laughs) So (laughs) she says the solution is to surround yourself with good friends who will be generous in their support and honest in their criticism. And I think that's mm. that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not mm. supposed to be throwing flaming torches at each other yeah. around the village square. We're supposed Mm-mm. to go, hey, you're being a little bit of a dick right now, but mostly you're pretty awesome. So maybe pull your head in and let's chat. Mm. I imagine if it, all these conversations were happening in real life, <laughs> you yeah. can't just tell everyone to die <laughs> around you. Yeah. <laughs> People um, frown on that. <laughs> generally, I don't know. <laughs> Have you been reading anything interesting, Leone? I'm like I desperately trying I, to think. Yeah, no, I just... <laughs> what I read, is book? <laughs> I read this really incredible anthology of um, myths and legends um, that my friend lent me to read while I was away. And it was actually really... They were all from Northland, all from Ngāti Wai and Ngāti Hine and Ngāpui, um, written in the 1960s by a, a Northland... Kuya, and I just really hate that I can't for the life of me remember the name of the book. It's a beautiful poetic name. Um, And yeah, it's just been reprinted and it's got a really beautiful cover. Um, And I really loved reading it while I was in another country. I don't Mm. know why. Mm. Um, And a lot of it was, uh, there were long ones, short ones. It was just a very localised history, um, just from the point of view of one or two iwi, and that is really rare. I haven't actually read that before. Mm. You know, you've got a sort of more generalised Māori myths and legends have mostly been turned into children's tales, which, like Grimm's fairy tales, often leave out quite a few of the um, interesting, more violent details of the original. So a lot of those are sort of lost. Um, But, yeah, having, yeah, reading this um, so specific to Northland... Was, was really great and I just I hate that I can't remember the Put name it on of the it Facebook page. I will I will I'll find it it's a great book on the reg Facebook um, 
I oh, reading is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to read. I've got this uh, book by Tara Ward, which I got. Tara Ward is not the author. She writes for the <laughs> spin-off. Tara Moss. Tara Moss. Um, she's Aust- is she Australian? She's Australian. Yes. Um, so she's, she wrote this book called Speaking Out, which I really liked. And I found her, one of her first kind of non-fiction essay-ish books, which is called The Fictional Woman, um, which she started writing. Because she is this like crazy, because she went from being like a high fashion model. She was picked up when she was 15 and lived this crazy lifestyle. And then when she was 25, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Slash was maybe too old. And she published a crime novel and then started being a journalist and a writer but no one would believe her no one would believe like she had to do the book opens with her having to do a lie detector test in a hotel room with a journalist watching her because no one believed that she wrote her own book because she was beautiful because she was beautiful (gasps) it's just a model she was just a model and it's like it's crazy so she writes this book about all these different the fictional woman that people think that she is um obviously that's like a super specific (laughs) scenario but um i was just like i thought that was a joke i kept waiting for there to be a joke or for it to be like and then it was all a dream and I woke up <laughs> <laughs> but luckily she's a better writer than I am because that that did not happen and um yeah I just thought it was really amazing I haven't got much further into it but um quite an extraordinary yeah. origin story for mm. a writer to have to uh she's still got she's like I've still got that giant they printed out like all of the pages of the lie detector thing and wow. like <laughs> so it's just real serious her genetics made her f- face and body look a certain way it means that she can't she can't write a book she can't write a book that's amazing we do Mm. kind of have that mythological idea that the gods give you one gift or the other Uh, yeah 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 yeah, totally totally Um, and that probably about wraps it up. We've got to we've got to promote our event. We're doing an event, everyone. Oh my god! If you're listening to this, if you're in Auckland and you're listening to this before June 11th, um, we are doing an amazing event talking about yes. weddings, and marriages, dun, dun, and feminism, dun, 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 and can they coexist? Dun, dun, and also, pretty dun, dun, dresses will be there. Pretty <laughs> If you don't like all the we other stuff, may or may not be wearing those dresses. We're gonna Just put try. That out there. We'll be. We'll be. We'll wearing something just in oh, white well hopefully not it's, the event is called what's love got to do with it marriage feminism and the space in between uh, so it's going to be mind, only one of the three of us has been married mm. but I've been married three times so, so she's, she's done on it average for we've all been married <laughs> Michelle's done one for each of us <laughs> I definitely going to reuse that on the day <laughs> I did it so you don't have to my family did own a bridal store so really? I'll be coming in it from oh, very much from the perspective Commercial. of just what happens on the day <laughs> that is so great and what you wear yeah I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot too. to chew over. And I just kind of don't really know what I'm doing. Tried to get, get get a gauge on the situation by saying to my boyfriend on the couch the other day, what do you think about marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go very well. It's quite awkward. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs> no, um, context-free question. Context-free. Just to I scare suggest him. just ask your partner that uh, after you're done listening to this. And just see what they say. Just see what, see what their face does. See what colour yeah. they go. Yes, Preferably if you have giggles. only been seeing each other for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, first date. Or no, even more so, if you just reach that point in your relationship where somebody has to make a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Better yet, just bring them to our event on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, is anyone here a celebrant? I feel like you should be Michelle at this stage. Yeah, no, I'd be hopeless. I'd no. be yeah. amazing. Uh, I'd, oh, 
I don't Definitely know. Definitely be a celebrant. I don't think I know. I think I, I, I was kind of common, like extra pocket money thing yeah. that comedians do. Lots of people do do it. No, not me. I have thought seriously <laughs> about. I'd quite like to be a um, end of life celebrant. I would quite what? like to do people's <laughs> yeah, funerals. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. often funerals are terrible, and I reckon you need a really oh, good MC true. for that it's shit. That's true. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. No, I'd enjoy that more. If anyone out there is thinking about dying soon, <laughs> there's Grimmie. Eh? Give me a Michelle's call. here. Um, so the details for that, it is going to be at High Highwick Highwick House. House. Fancy um, Highwick It's going to be the fanciest house. place we've ever been invited yep. to. We'll be lowering the tone at Highwick House. <laughs> um, will there be snacks? Maybe. Hope so. <laughs> it's $10. You get to come in. Oh, my God. Dilma tea and scones on the billiard house. Oh, oh hi, tea. Like, and you get to, there's an exhibition of beautiful wedding dresses. Gorgeous vintage. Vintage wedding dresses from over the years, which, which despite being, what you think about marriage, Wedding dresses are very lovely God, yeah. items mm. and objects. Mm. And at least be nice to one of out. my marriages was specifically so I could wear a frock. <laughs> <laughs> at least one of them. The other two were tuxes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. And if you want to buy one, some of them are up for auction for the Women's Refuge, right? Or for the yeah, aunties. For the aunties. For the aunties, yeah. Um, if you are a rich person who's going to get married soon. You can find them online. Wonderful. Yas Queens. Yas Queens of the month. Yas Queens. Yas Queens of our lives. Who have we got? I am um, so I'm doing Robin Wright again. It's yeah. just it's my Robin Wright month. Yeah. I'm just I have a massive crush. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a tiny, it's a tiny little crush. Tiny. She's just, just sex on a stick. She, and <sighs> from Buttercup, you know, from from the Princess Bride to yeah. Wonder Woman's aunt and tutor. Thank you, please, please, thank you. <laughs> um. Uh, I guess doubling back my yes queen for the month is going to be Sarah Silverman not just for how freaking hilarious um, she is in her most recent stand up but for the fact that a lot of it has to do with her work that she does with um, Lady Parts Justice which is a group in the states which is fighting for Planned Parenthood and they provide services like uh, babysitting for women who now have to travel out of state to visit a Planned mm. Parenthood because they've all been closed down in their state um, and so her and a, and a bunch of other uh, comedians and staff work quite tirelessly raising money for them. So she's my ass queen for that reason, as yes, well as queen. for being freaking hilarious. So good. Good a bad, oh, it's such a bad way to end it. <laughs> um, my ass queens are two theatre makers in Auckland whose shows I'm actually going to see tonight, and I'm very, very excited. First one is Julia Croft, who's taking her show, I think, if there's no dancing in the revolution, I'm not coming, to Edinburgh, or maybe it's Power Ballad. She's done two amazing shows, and, oh my God, I've got her name, Eleanor Bishop, who uh, has put together a show called Jane Doe, which kind of looks at rape culture and the justice system in New Zealand. They're both just, like, doing fucking amazing work, and if you can afford it and you're in Auckland and you can manage to go to the theatre... It's like nothing else I've ever seen. And I hate going out and I hate going to stuff and I <laughs> really resent being outside. But their things, mm, very worth your time. Um, so they're going all week if uh, until the, what date are we on? 6th or the 11th, I think, they're fundraising to take those shows to Edinburgh and highly recommend it. Great. Yes, Queens. Yes, Queens. Yes, Queens. All right, and that's us for another month. Thank you very much to our mates at Bond Lifestyle and at the spin-off for making this happen. Thanks, you guys. And, um, yeah, we'll see you on the weekend if you want to come to our wedding. <laughs> Someone's getting married. <laughs> or we'll see you next month. Bye. Take one later.
Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.